0: Okay, I've got a new intro I'm trying today. Okay. If it sucks, it sucks, but gotta start somewhere. Three, three, two, one. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Restoring Human podcast, where we believe humans were designed to flourish. Unfortunately, Many modern conveniences conveniences prevent us from thriving, but through intentional lifestyle decisions, we can return to an optimal state of health. I am your host, Jarek Mokken. I am Dr. Alex Raguello. Stumble on one of the words, but it That's was That's awesome. Yeah, well, give it a shot. I like it. Cool. Uh we are brought to you once again by Great River Family Chiropractic. Uh Great River Family Chiropractic is offering a free chiropractic consultation to anybody uh, who listens to this show. All you got to do is go to greatriverfamilychiropractic.com/slash/restoringhuman and put in just a little contact information, and we can get back to you. And fun, fun—we had our first sign up. Yeah, it was a little, a little bit of a forced hand, but. <laughs> her sign up went through the site. I may have pulled the site up on her phone for her, but first first lead generated from that web page. <laughs> hey. Whatever you got to do. However it starts. Cool. Um actually mental note here. You should definitely let me know when that happens and I'll come like by film it and we can show off what that chiropractic consultation is going to look like. Okay. So anyway, today we are talking, well, so I guess if you listened to last week, you know what we're talking about today, fat, not all fat, rancid fat, Uh, vegetable oils. That's Mm kind of the theme here.
1: Yeah. And uh, didn't really know what direction I was going to take with that. And I have a lot to say. Um, so hopefully we'll get to most of it, but thankfully USA Today gave me a, a direction to go in. <laughs> Do you have right? that pulled up? I don't have the actual article pulled up. Um, but basically it was, it wasn't even really that good of an article.
0: Oh, it was so, yeah. It took like two minutes to read. It didn't say much. No, not at all. But kind of the point it was, of it. It was a, it was a headline reader.
1: Yeah. The point of it, if you if you haven't read it yet, um, which I don't necessarily even recommend <laughs> reading it, you just read the headline and then you can kind of shake your head. But the headline was, I think, coco- coconut oil is not healthy and it never has been. Yeah. Um, so you would think if they are writing an article like that, that they would give some pretty, um, maybe even an extensive list of reasons why that's the case. Right, and why they, they
0: would make such a bold claim.
1: Yeah, and I didn't do much of that at all. Basically, what they said is coconut oil raises your, when you eat coconut oil, your cholesterol levels go up. And because the American Heart Association has said that chole- high cholesterol causes coronary artery disease, heart heart attacks, heart disease, you know, all the, the, the number one cause of death right now in America, um, we should stay away from coconut oil because we don't want our cholesterol levels to go up. Mm-hmm. So, um, I had somebody text me. Well, you texted me the article (laughs) and then somebody else texted me the article and, and then they followed that up with saying, you know, this is why a lot of people struggle with health because there's so much conflicting information because of course, listen to stuff that we've said and, and in the previous episode, I said, I think my exact words is everybody has now realized that the low fat thing is absolutely ridiculous I guess that's not true, that everybody hasn't figured that (laughs) out. Apparently
0: not one of the largest news outlets in the country.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so uh, we want to talk a little bit about, I guess, addressing that. Um, So it'll take a little bit of time before we get to actual vegetable oils, but I I, I wanted to talk about this topic anyway. Yeah. So again, this is is good. So mainly the two problems there, I guess, there's probably more problems than just two, but for them to say that um, coconut oil is a problem and it's not healthy because it raises cholesterol first thing that that does is that totally forgets about everything else that coconut oil potentially could do for you sure so it's saying only because it raises cholesterol there has to be nothing else good about it so it's therefore not a health food and it never has been
0: oh here can we pause Do you want to grab my uh, coconut oil coffee over there (laughs) Sure. Thank yeah. So sir. go ahead and drink your heart attack there
1: Yeah, real quick. Yeah. Um, but the, the second thing, and I guess I should have maybe started that. This is, should be the first thing cause it's more important is just even the claim that cholesterol, yeah, right. that it raises cholesterol and that raising your cholesterol causes heart disease. Sure. Yep. Um, that we've talked about this in previous podcasts, that is a complete lie. Um, it's not backed up by research and unfortunately it's, it's, It's somewhat of an injustice to even say that because if you have people thinking that something like a coconut oil is a bad fat, so then your replacement for those oils or what we're going to talk about today is vegetable oils, you're telling them that this is unhealthy and this is healthy. If you want to prevent heart (laughs) disease, then eat the very thing that research shows causes heart disease. And this isn't some crazy disease that one out of a million people get, right? It's one out of two men right now are dying from heart disease. Holy cow. So <laughs> if we don't have the right information on this, then things are just going to continue to get worse um, as if they aren't already bad enough. It's, it's obviously terrible out there. But let's just kind of go through, and I recommend that everybody reads this article. It was on Green Med Info, which is a great website just to kind of look at research. Um, but he immediately wrote um, his, his article. Here is called "Defense of Coconut Oil: Rebuttal to USA Today."
0: Oh, really? This is this is like from this week.
1: Yeah. Yep. So, so he says, "Busting the cholesterol myth." Um, in the USA Today article, vilified coconut oil on the basis that it raises LDL cholesterol. However, most recent dietary guideline advisory committee. So that's the the committee that puts out. You know. Basically, the government's recommendations on what you should be doing is from a nutritional perspective. It says, it removed dietary cholesterol as a nutrient of concern, given that there is no appreciable relationship between dietary cholesterol and serum cholesterol or clinical cardiovascular events in general populations. So basically, what that all meant yeah, is that, that, that nothing to me. <laughs> there is no link between if I eat something that has cholesterol in it does not raise my cholesterol. If I eat something that has saturated fat in it, it doesn't mean that my cholesterol levels are going to go up. But then it also means that if I eat something that potentially you could think would lead to higher cholesterol, that doesn't necessarily mean it leads to cardiovascular events. So to put it very simply, high cholesterol doesn't equal heart attack. The higher cholesterol is doesn't mean the higher risk of having a heart attack. There's actually research that shows that people with lower cholesterol have just as many heart attacks and die of heart disease at the same exact rate sure. or even higher than people with higher cholesterol. So again, it's a it's a, a blatant lie. But let's speak to that first point that I said. So now, um, I guess this is kind of com- com- combining both of those. What happens when you have lower cholesterol, which would mean if you stayed away from coconut oil, then you would not only be missing the benefits of it, but you would also be doing what they're telling you to do. Lower your cholesterol. Uh-huh. It says low cholesterol has been correlated with Alzheimer's disease, dementia, suicide, homicide, accidental deaths, and morbid depression. Low total cholesterol formula believed to be predictive, protective against cardiovascular disease has been demonstrated to have a litany of ill effects. Particularly with women, a total cholesterol below 195 have a higher risk of mortality compared to women with cholesterol levels above this cutoff. So this is what they've done. They, so like cholesterol used to be I think it was 250 was a normal cholesterol then they took that down to 230 then they took it down to 210 now it's like 180 I think is the, is a normal cholesterol um, so they just continue to lower it and what it's done is it's gotten to the point where pretty much most of our adult population in America have what would be considered high cholesterol. Because the standard has been lowered. Because the standard of what your cholesterol levels should be has been lowered. Okay. And again, so that's just kind of the craziness of, again, how our healthcare system works is they study this one particular thing and they say there might be some association with people with a higher cholesterol in, the, in, in cardiovascular events, so therefore it has to cause. It's not just an association or a correlation. It's these people that have high cholesterol have more heart attacks, so then let's figure out how we can get rid of high cholesterol got it okay then they make that correlation between here is an animal fat that has saturated fat or even if it's not animal fat it has saturated fat in it, like a coconut oil that raises somebody's cholesterol and then again go down that path now it raises somebody's cholesterol and now it raises their risk of heart disease and again what not only is that not been shown in research it's also been shown that when you lower your cholesterol people with lower cholesterol levels have way more health problems specifically brain problems as i
0: listed off there you yeah know, okay depression and,
1: and alzheimer's and all those things
0: okay let's s- slow down a little bit what two questions what is cholesterol and what is that what's what's being measured when so you're saying you know the level is was 220 now it's 150 or whatever you said what, so yeah what is cholesterol and what is what's that measurement that you're referring to
1: yeah well i mean cholesterol does a, a lot of different things in your body um, one of the, i'm just gonna pull this just one of the big pull things pull that it, it does is kind of acts as an antioxidant it's important for healing so this is kind of the correlation between cholesterol and heart cardiovascular events so um like plaque in your arteries mm-hmm. so because of what we'll get into in a second, something causes oxidative stress to your arteries, causes inflammation. So, therefore, your body trying to get there to heal it up and take care of all the damage, cholesterol is part of that process. Okay. So, now, again, they can go and look at an artery, see this is plaque, this is bad, and they they see cholesterol's there. So, then they're like, that must be the problem. So, let's zone in on cholesterol and figure out how we can actually actually lower it.
0: Rather than the
1: plaque yep well they're just saying so cholesterol is part of this plaque so there might even be a lot of it there so we can if we can get rid of this cholesterol thing then probably we can get rid of the plaque it's just completely forgetting about it's kind of the you know if you have a dumpster full of garbage yeah and you see a bunch of rats there yeah you would never say the rats brought all the garbage there okay right so that's kind of how they think of cholesterol there It's not necessarily the cholesterol that caused the plaque, caused the damage. It was the cholesterol that was there because the damage was there. Now it's there for a good reason. It's trying to heal the area.
0: Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But it's not actually when they measure, when you get a... So that measurement that I um, said there is what's called a lipoprotein. So it's actually... Cholesterol is inside these proteins that are going throughout your bloodstream. So if you've heard of
0: LDL and HDL, yeah, LDL. Yeah, good cholesterol, bad cholesterol, what, what what, the heck is that?
1: Yeah, well, that's a whole other topic. There's not necessarily <laughs> good or bad. It's appropriate and appropriate. We need them both. We need cholesterol in our body. Um, but there are, of course, if you have higher of the LDL, what they call bad cholesterol, there's Uh potential for more harmful things to happen than if you had higher HDL. So that's where they get the good and and the bad stuff. Okay. But it's just a protein. So cholesterol needs to be surrounded in this protein, connected this protein to go throughout your bloodstream. So that's actually what they're measuring. So um, when you have high cholesterol, it's just kind of the number
0: of those particles that they're actually measuring. The presence of that protein. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. So, and again, just, it just kind of we get back to the philosophy that the body's intelligent, the body is designed to be healthy, the body's always doing the right thing at the right time. To see something that the body makes as evil and as causing heart attacks is is just, if you just thought about it from a philosophical standpoint, it's absolute craziness. And then the research backs (laughs) it up and shows that no, that's not absolutely the case. So cholesterol is not the bad guy. So you don't have to worry about eating coconut oil because you're worried about your cholesterol being high. Um... There's other things that you need to be worrying about when it comes to your diet, other than your cholesterol going up, which we'll get into a little bit. We talked about last week with sugar. Um, but the other thing, so does coconut oil actually um, have any health benefits? Well, one of the um, <laughs> primary things that we'll talk about with vegetable oils is the damage that it causes to your brain. That's one of the big things that we're going to talk about today. Well, when we look at like an Alzheimer's, dementia, people actually losing cognitive function, memory loss, one of the kind of um, reactionary approaches to, and it could also be preventative if you learned about it prior to experiencing those symptoms, um, is taking high amounts of coconut oil. So um, I don't know if the lady was a nurse or she was a a medical doctor of some way, how kind of this was found out as her husband was super struggling with with Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. and she kind of study the science of coconut oil and its effect on the brain mm-hmm. producing ketones and different things like that like we talked about before and she's seen some drastic changes in his in his uh, Alzheimer's symptoms so it's one of the again go-to treatments for I guess alternative health practitioners natural holistic minded health practitioners is to use something like a coconut oil yeah and as a response to cognitive decline and memory
0: decline I, and I think that's even Gotten more mainstream, mm-hmm. not even just alternative. So, like, I think I talked about it at one point, but I have an uncle who had kind of an early onset Alzheimer's, and the, like, I know that that was one of the things that they were doing was just like he would take a good old spoonful of coconut oil, yeah, and and like I, I'm pretty sure they weren't. <laughs> with any you know specialized doctors is pretty mainstream type of thing sure sure yeah and,
1: and i would say neurologist um just because so many there's so many nerve um nervous system diseases or, or neurological problems that are happening now and traditional healthcare is really doing nothing for people yeah so they have to go to looking at these other things so even if he is kind of mainstream mm-hmm. healthcare, that potentially could have been a uh a recommendation from them. Yeah. Other thing, it says coconut oil consumption has demonstrated to significantly reduce body mass index and waist circumference and produce significant increases in the good cholesterol, HDL cholesterol, in patients with coronary artery disease. So that's not even people that don't struggle with um, heart problems, people that have already been diagnosed with this coronary artery disease. Taking in coconut oil is a benefit for mm-hmm. them, which is the complete opposite of what no, it's they're, so they're opposite
0: challenged. because I remember, I remember we were talking to one of our buddies. This was over a year ago now. About he's just trying to like gain weight and just can't get in the calories. He was like drinking. Oh yeah. You know, uh, yep. <laughs> drinking. Um, yeah, you know, just conventional dairy, skim milk, skin, something. Skin, yeah, something like that. I was like, dude, why don't you just, like, take a spoonful of coconut oil, like, every with every meal or something like that. He's like, oh, I don't want to <laughs> get heart disease or something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He said, well, uh, if I wanted to clog my arteries right, and right. die of heart disease or right. something like that. Yeah, craziness. So the last one I'll mention w- with the coconut oil is… Uh, yeah, you're back closer to your mouth now. The insulin-resistant stuff we talked about last week was the primary problem with sugar um, consumption. As it says, in rodent models, dietary virgin coconut oil improves glycemic control in high fructose-fed rats. Basically, an efficient nutraceutical in preventing the development of diet-induced insulin resistance and the complications that come from that um, and antioxidant efficacy is taking in coconut oil, which is going to fight obesity, um, high lipidemia, which is um, high triglyceride levels, insulin resistance, hypertension, pathologically elevated LDL, diabetes cardiovascular disease Alzheimer's all the things that insulin resistance leads to Mm -hmm. coconut oil has shown to kind of slow that process down so it makes you more insulin sensitive as insulin resistant so (sighs) absolutely craziness that we have to deal with um (laughs) from trusted sources yeah but when you actually look at the research well trusted to most people yeah so, I um, again, and st- I guess just to speak to that, this Deep Nutrition book um, that I've referenced in so many of the um, podcasts that we've done, what she says is she kind of goes through that. She says, okay, so you we have the whole Ansel Keys thing that I mentioned before where mm-hmm. this guy back in the 50s said he found the cause of heart disease. It was in increased saturated fat. But when they looked back at his research, what they found is it started with kind of an observational study where he said let's look at six countries and see how much saturated fat they're taking in and how much heart disease they have and there was a direct correlation the six countries that he looked at um, had high levels of animal fats high levels of saturated fats and their heart disease was higher than other countries what they found out is he actually looked at 22 countries and there was no correlation but he got rid of the other countries and just picked the six that actually showed the correlation
0: what was the motive for that
1: well there's plenty of motives for it but basically what Sheep says yeah I'm saying what, who got paid yeah exactly but what she says is the guy. This guy came up with this kind of hypothesis, and everybody was like, "Yeah." He even got the Time Magazine Man of the Year for coming up with this. Gosh. But then people that actually knew research said, "There's all kind of problems with your research." Yeah. So then what he did it basically it hurt his pride. So he said, well, no, I'm gonna do, do the research and show this." So then what he did is he did all these studies that specifically showed. So now he has an observational study, he said let's get more specific, let's give, in rat studies, let's give, you know, in, in animal studies, let's give these, um, let's give these animals saturated fat and let's see what happens to their arteries, let's see what happens to their cholesterol levels, let's see if it causes bad things in their body, and it showed it. What he studied was exactly what he showed in the observational study, but again, when people looked at his research, he used margarine and told people he used butter. He used something that was totally artificial and man-made and said it was saturated fat that was the problem when it was actually all the other stuff that's a problem with margarine. What? So this guy just, again, got away with all this stuff. So she's like, let's not look at somebody like that or even just look at somebody who's kind of on the other end that's just saying, just claiming, because what he's doing in that article, he's saying, this is just what, you have to be careful on Facebook, you have to be careful on YouTube, you have to be careful even watching podcasts like we're having and just believing people what they're saying. Let's actually look at what the research shows. So somebody who's saying that satura- or that coconut oil is bad, you don't want to listen to them, just like you don't want to listen to somebody that's just claiming coconut oil is completely good without giving anything to back it up. What she's saying is let's look at <laughs> lipid scientists, people that t- dedicated their life, their careers, looking at what a lipid does to your body. Mm-hmm. And all of these these um, lipid scientists, the the best ones in the world, are showing the same thing that we talked about, that it's not the saturated fat that's the problem. And the, probably the, the one that she referenced the most is this guy named Gerard Spitteller. It's an interesting name. <laughs> but in 2000, an article called Oxidation of Linolenic Acid, which is this omega-6 fatty acid. It's a, a um, polyunsaturated fatty acid, the ones that the American Heart Association would tell you to eat instead of saturated fat. He says, what he showed in this article is processed polyunsaturated fat, so the omega-6 oils, not saturated fat or not cholesterol, deserves the blame for the stiffening of arteries and leading to cardiovascular events. And the reason being is what we're, this is going to kind of be our transition into the vegetable oils, yeah. is saturated fat, the reason, just the basic reason of why it wouldn't cause you problems, is because the reason why somebody would have an artery problem, the reason somebody would have a brain problem, is because of inflammation and oxidative stress that happens to their body saturated fat is stable as a molecular structure it doesn't oxidize very well doesn't cause free radical damage polyunsaturated fats are the most unstable of the fatty acids Mm -hmm. so they go rancid like you mentioned and they cause free radical damage so taking something like a coconut oil that's primarily saturated fat or taking something like a um, cottonseed oil that's primarily polyunsaturated fat Mm -hmm. this although when you look at it it says this doesn't have any saturated fat so, it, of course, not going to cause heart di- heart disease. But when it, we actually look, what happens to it when it goes in the body? Look what happens to it when it's processed. It leads to all kind of oxidative stress and free radical damage, yeah. which is going to lead to heart disease. Okay.
0: Jeez, uh, my, yeah, my head's spinning. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is how I respond to articles like this. Sorry. No, that's good. I definitely have some real practical questions. I'll, I will think I'm going to save those until kind of the end because I think you're going to cover a fair amount of them. But one question I do have just because of that. So this, like... When I'm thinking about, okay, what I know about good fats f- for my family to be eating, one of the things is... Uh, avocados mm-hmm. i also know that those like when opened up they oxidize really quickly mm-hmm. so what's 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 happening there
1: why is it oxidizing or what, what well yeah
0: so what i heard you say is these unstable fats these polyunsaturated fatty acids mm-hmm are not stable and are oxidizing quickly. Right. So why why is an avocado good but also oxidizes quickly?
1: Well, so when you actually look at uh, what, it, well, the vegetable oils that are used are coming from stuff that you wouldn't necessarily be putting in your body, but you can pull oil from avocados. You can pull oil from nuts. You can pull oils from these things. So, it's, again, it's when we take it away from kind of its okay. most natural state because um, everything is going is susceptible to damage from oxygen sure so when you open up an avocado and you take the seed out of it now it's away from the source of everything that's kind of giving its its life and and inside that seed is something called antioxidants so that's protecting it from the oxidative damage so when you take it away from that the longer it sits there the more potential for oxidative stress to actually happen to the to an avocado so okay. that's why people like squeeze lemon or lime on it because inside those are antioxidants, Mm -hmm. and it's preventing that oxidative damage. Or, like, if you make guacamole and you leave the seed in it, there's antioxidants within the seed, around the seed, so then it's also preventing that that particular damage. So what's interesting about the body is the brain is the most susceptible organ that we have to oxidative stress. Mm -hmm. We have built in these antioxidant systems inside of our brain we have it throughout our body but specifically inside the brain and then we're, of course we're supposed to take in antioxidants from our diet to protect us from all of this all of this damage but if we are not taking those antioxidants in our diet and we're eating things that cause oxidative stress again now you're kind of if that balance isn't there if you're not staying ahead of the oxidative stress then there's going to be problems that that actually happen, which is what happens with with vegetable oils so I guess the same thing that you're talking about, like if you left an avocado out, it's going to turn brown. It's right. oxidizing. Right. That's the same thing that happens to your body. If there's oxidative damage and there's not the antioxidants to protect you from it, you're going you're you're gonna gonna to turn, turn brown. brown. You're going to turn brown.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So, um, vegetable oils, they're from vegetables. They have
1: <laughs> to be good. Well, maybe we should do, start with that. Like where does vegetable oil come from? Yeah. Um, primarily it comes from stuff that's like low cost that we're not really going to use. So they figured out how can we, um, turn it into something that can be used, right? Always keep things cheap. Like corn Um, and soy? So corn, canola, soy, sunflower, cottonseed, safflower, grapeseed oil, rice bran. Those are kind of on the lower level of that. Mm -hmm. But all of those things, um, are basically full of polyunsaturated fat so these susceptible fats oils to oxidative stress so that's what a vegetable oil is so the probably the two big things that lead to oxidative stress is when you have this oil and it light hits it or heat hits it Mm -hmm. it messes with the molecular structure so in processing there's going to be heat involved so just in the processing of the oil you're already starting with a, a damaged oil, um, but then again, whenever whenever light hits it or in our bodies, when stomach acid hits it, these things now go turn into stuff that's um, what's called trans fat. We probably have heard of trans fat yeah. before. It's banned in most countries. It's actually banned, I think, in New York City too, but the rest of the country hasn't necessarily followed. And all that means is, again, back to biochemistry, just the structure of the actual fatty acid changes. In nature, most fatty acids are the opposite of trans, which is called cis. It's it's flexible. It can go throughout our body and, and um, interact with our cell membranes, and it causes all kind of good things. But when we, um, to make things less or um, more stable, mm-hmm. like we talked about the polyunsaturated fats are unstable. That's why they oxidize. To make them more stable, now they hydrogenate, these fats so you if you've ever read on a label partially hydrogenated yeah. or hydrogenated that's s- switching the molecular structure so that it's more stable and can last longer okay. on the shelf so what that does is now it's made it more stable but it's also made it into something that our body necessarily can't, Doesn't can't know what recognize. to do with right so it's going to cause us cause us all kind of problems again And I don't necessarily want to get into the whole um, why it leads to oxidative stress, but just it leads to oxidative stress. So now you're taking that inside your body, and it's going throughout your bloodstream, and it's hitting up against your artery, the lining of your arteries, or hitting up against the lining of your gut, and it just causes you inflammation. It causes oxidative stress and leads to all kind of, of, of bad problems. Yeah. So, first problem that it would lead to again, just kind of go through like we did with sugar, is it would lead to inflammation in your gut, so it attacks your gut by damaging the gut lining, causes inflammation in your gut, but then it also can disrupt the microbiome of your gut, so the good bacteria, good yeast, all the the um, microbes in your in your gut, it messes with that and turns them into bad microbes, basically mm-hmm. or kills the good ones and allows the bad ones to thrive, yeah. Man, th- and we'll probably spend a whole show on, on just the microbiome, your gut bacteria, but they're just starting to show so much of how, how big of a deal that actually is for your health. Yeah, There's been a couple research articles that I'll talk about. So, and this is all done in mice or rats, but they, they take obese mice and skinny mice. They take the microbiome, they take the gut bacteria out of the obese mice and they put them into another group of mice that are not obese or or skinny and those mice become obese they don't change any of their diet they don't exercise and they don't do anything else they just take the microbes out of the obese mice and put them into the other mice and they become obese okay and then they take the skinny the uh, the microbiome out of the skinny ones the lean ones and they put them into this other group and they become lean so it obviously has a huge effect what type of bacteria are actually in your gut? right? And they show with the vegetable oils it changes your gut microbiome to where basically the, all the health issues that are related when they look at these people and they see what type of gut bacteria they have. That's the type of gut bacteria that that people that are eating high levels of vegetable oils actually have. Another thing that they've done with mice is they've taken mice, they've taken obese um, mice, they've taken their gut bacteria out. And they put them in other mice. And even if it doesn't change their body composition, it gives them um, symptoms of anxiety and depression. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Which is also related to people that are obese, have anxiety and depression in higher levels. Yeah. And again, if they take those bacteria out, now those symptoms tend to go away.
0: Okay. So one of the things I'm thinking of instantly is like the first few weeks of this, We hammered home the fact that health doesn't happen to you. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the things that people will probably hear you just say is, oh, like, I've got a bad gut. Like, I just need a better gut and all my problems will be fixed. Your gut didn't start bad. Yeah. <laughs> well it could have started well bad. okay 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 granted like <laughs> ep- epigenetics and like what your parents gave you yes yes originally your gut was not bad sure yeah okay
1: but it also kind of shows again what we're trying to teach as far as lifestyle, Is even if you started with a bad gut sure okay your well, lifestyle okay. can improve go. that you don't have to have a you know a researcher take somebody's gut bacteria and put it into yours. Although they are doing that now with people with like serious diseases, mm-hmm. they're doing what's called fecal, fecal transplants. transplants. Dude, yeah, I've, so, been,
0: I've heard about that. Yeah. So
1: they're taking somebody with good bacteria, taking their poop and putting <laughs> it in, giving him in basically an enema. Yeah. Um, which sounds gross, but if it could save your life, obviously you're going to do it. Yeah. Um, but there's a probiotic enema you know, there's much stuff that just fill your body with good bacteria. Uh-huh. Um, but again, if you're living the bad lifestyle, if you're eating vegetable oils and sugars, now, again, if you even had a good microbiome, the bacteria in your gut was good, you're changing those through your lifestyle. So, I think I addressed what, you're, what you were talking about. But basically, yeah, it's not that it's your gut bacteria just stay the same no matter what you do. You're not born with a certain gut bacteria. Right. And it stays
0: right. like genetics. It's, you're supo- you're, what you're doing is supporting your gut, good or bad and it, yeah it's
1: not just that you have a uh, you know you don't have stomach pain or something like that if you do this or don't do this it's it's actually affecting your brain it's mm-hmm. affecting your hormones mm-hmm. it's affecting your body composition so it's a huge huge deal so that's kind of the first thing that that vegetable oils can do it gets into your stomach throws i didn't mention this but the start of it is it decreases stomach acid production yeah it creates inflammation in the lining of your stomach and then now if you decrease your stomach acid production, now you're not breaking down your food um, properly and you're not able to not ri- get rid of um, toxicity in your food if there's any in it. And you're not even able to absorb the vitamins and minerals that you're supposed to from your food yeah. if you're not producing a proper stomach acid. So again, if you don't have proper stomach acid, what that leads is something called acid reflux or, or um, uh, GERD basically. Um, so how people typically respond to that is reactionary, and they take something to get rid of that symptom. What that's doing is hiding the, a bigger problem of inflammation throughout the rest of their digestive system. It yeah. can lead to irritable bowel, can lead to ulcerative colitis, mm-hmm. Crohn's disease, all those different things. Stomach cancers, colon cancers, problem. How are we doing on time? I, I, that was only the first one, and there's like six.
0: We're at 35 minutes. Dang. Um, okay. I will say something there. So if you're listening and not watching the video, I raised my hand when you said... Uh, like acid reflux and that kind of stuff. That's one thing that I used to get quite a bit. So I said probably week one, and I've probably talked about it since, but like besides just being overweight, and I really didn't deal with many health issues, but acid reflux was definitely one of them. Yeah. Um, Most people who know me know I belch more than (laughs) most any human should. Um, But yeah, learning about like, you know, so we used to be a well-stocked Tums household. Oh, yeah. And realizing that that's really extremely counterproductive in giving me even less like acid to be breaking down. The food that I'm eating and how, you know, taking a shot of apple cider vinegar, while it seems counterproductive, is actually what I need to fight against, well, basically just to support the breakdown of my food.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Moving on. um, How she describes it is vegetable oils serve as Trojan horses distributing the toxins to the brain and other target organs. This is another way it destroys your brain. Um, so those lipoproteins that we talked about, HDL, LDL, those are, are, don't only have cholesterol in them, they also have just lots of nutrients and stuff in them. So how this stuff kind of gets around and, and gets to different parts of your body is it's carried in those lipoproteins. So what can happen is if you're eating these bad vegetable oils, they can get inside those lipoproteins. And then now when you go in something that needs a fatty acid, like your cell membranes or your brain that's made out of fatty acids, mm-hmm. When it needs those things, it's pulling whatever fatty acid is in that lipoprotein. So, of course, it could be a good one, like an omega 3 fatty acid. Yeah. Um, or it could be these um, bad PUFAs, this, you know, um, polyunsaturated fatty acids oh, from PUFA. the omega 6. PUFAs. Um, so, did not know that was a name. <laughs> that's a name. <laughs> MUFAs is monounsaturated fatty acids. So, when these things, again, because they're. Um, Susceptible to oxidative damage, what she also shows in there is they, they kind of like turn into zombies. So I'm not a zombie person, but I, I guess when a zombie happens, if they bite you, then you become a zombie. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Okay. That's what happens with these things. So if they're already um, damaged by oxidative stress and become free radicals, if they hit something else, then it, it kind of cascades and they become also trans fats or what she calls mega trans fats. Uh. So your brain is, I think she says 30% of it by dry weight is polyunsaturated fatty acids, these PUFAs, Mm -hmm. because of flexibility, because it needs to do that to just be able to function and and allow our brains to to work right. Um, But again, because it's flexible, it's also unstable. So if you're putting these, if you're replacing the fatty acids with these already damaged fats, Uh now it's kind of cascading that, and then the already um, fatty acids that are there are going to become damaged fats as well. Which, of course, can cause a number of different problems, um, but like Alzheimer's, dementia, depression, all those different things that are related to your brain. Next thing that it does is it disrupts your arteries um, through the oxidative stress. So, of course, that can lead to heart disease because damage in your arteries, pieces, plaque in your arteries can break off and then get clogged, and that'll shut your heart down. Mm-hmm. But they also know you need blood supply to your brain as well. So if these arteries are damaged then it can cause um, decrease blood supply to your brain, oxygen to your brain, can lead to migraine headaches, um, seizures, can lead to of course depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. all those different things. Lastly we talked about with sugar, it shuts down your immune system. What vegetable oils actually do is it turns your immune system against you. <laughs> so uh, because it's something that your body's like, what is this? don't really know how to recognize it, it sees it as foreign. And if you're putting lo- high levels of vegetable oils, your, your body just gets trained to respond in an emergency like response. So, by putting these vegetable oils in me and they're bad, my body's reacting to them and like it's a foreign um, substance. Right. But then now the body can kind of get tricked to being now actual tissue in our body is foreign, which can lead to autoimmune diseases, which what an autoimmune disease is. Ah. Thyroid problem, it's attacking your own thyroid. Type 1 diabetes, it's attacking your own pancreas, you know, so these autoimmune diseases potentially could be from just the emergency response that's happening with putting something in our body that our body doesn't want in it multiple times. Next thing is it um, disrupts nerve cell architecture. So there's a lot of stuff that comes um, into why you would be able to have a memory or even a thought. Um, There's a lot that happens. Basically what vegetable oils do is they damage that communication So it damages from one nerve cell to be able to communicate to another nerve cell in the middle of that um, And a few episodes ago we talked about BDNF So having high level levels of this brain-derived neurotrophic factor mm-hmm. is what allows us to have a great memory What allows us to think clearly? Um, so we want a lot of that. Well, vegetable oils can get in the middle of that and mess that all up as well. So now it can cause nerve cells to die because they're not able to communicate. The more nerve cells you are having die, the, your memory is going to go down. Your cognitive function is going to go down. We know that as Alzheimer's, dementia, mm-hmm. all the memory problems that happen to us. But the last one is probably the craziest and because um, it can lead to a number of different things. But it's... It messes with our gene replication. So vegetable oils can impair brain development through direct mutagenic effects on DNA and altered epigenetic expression. So it can cause our genes to mutate. So she has a lot, a big section on here on autism, which is uh it's epidemic now um, with the kids. And there's a number right. of different theories of why it's happening. Her theory is it's caused by. Um, Multiple genetic mutations. So when they look at a kid with autism, he has all kind. They've identified, I think, a thousand genes now. About the twenty thousand that they know we have, are related to brain development. So with kids with autism, there's high levels of these mutated genes. So what she thinks, instead of figuring out what specific gene causes autism, like all they're trying to do now, she's like, they're never going to find that because they've already found a thousand that can lead to it. Right. So let's figure out what's leading to the genetic mutation. Okay. And her big deal is, of course, other things, toxins, sugars. But a big thing is vegetable oils. It can lead to messing with your genes and altering them. Mm. So how it leads to the epigenetic thing we talked about. You have two parents and kind of their lifestyles. What they're passing on to you is not just genes, but also these genetic tags, basically whether those genes are going to turned off or on. Well, they've also done research on men that are older. Have a higher level of their children having autism, and why she says that's the case is because a man that is older has more time, more damaged caused right. to his genes because of because
0: of the way that they've been living, right? Not because of their age,
1: right? Right? Not yeah. It's not just because he's that old that it's doing. It's because now that he's yeah. th- instead of thirty, he's forty. He's had now ten years of damage to yeah. his genes, mutations, and sh- turning bad genes on. Now that gets passed on to the child, and now this child now has more of these genetic mutations than even his brother, who was born five years earlier. So, it's a
0: okay, big, big deal. I have a theory that you can potentially validate, because you just said that. So, there's certain diseases that they say, you know, it... it. Uh, has earlier onset with like as it goes down the line generationally mm-hmm. the kind of theory that i have understanding what life looks like for mm-hmm. continuing generations is really it, it it does like that doesn't really make sense that you would something would apply differently to one person than it does another, but more so that person's environment is that much more uh, compromised that stuff just develops faster. Oh, yeah. Like, is is that accurate? I think I understand what you're saying. Um. So, like, if I've got some kind of disease and, like, it manifests itself when I'm 80, Mm -hmm. but it's a genetic thing, and my son now has it and like he's 20 years younger than me and he has it manifest the exact same time I do. He's only 60 though. Mm -hmm. Like my, I guess like what I understand about just the environment that we are putting ourselves in is that really it probably has more to do with the compromised state of his lifestyle that would lead to that.
1: Yeah. Is, well, that,
0: is that accurate?
1: Yeah, well, that's part of it. We I mean, just got to think so it's a combination. So now whatever bad stuff was passed on to you is also if you haven't made the proper changes, then now you're, you're passing, I guess, genes on. That are potentially going to be turned on and turned off. But then you're also passing on the kind of the epigenetics that you had onto him. So the susceptibility that he has for those genes to be turned on or off. Mm -hmm. Then you're also passing on your lifestyle to him. So habits to him. So when you combine all three of those things absolutely that's why they've shown now that this is the first generation of kids that's going to die before their parents die yeah so throughout history since they've been measuring it kids have lived long. the next generation has lived longer than the previous generation well this is the first generation that they're estimating is not that's not going to happen it's going to start going the opposite direction because there's so many so many health problems happening so yeah i think you're right on right on track there um do i want to talk about this Uh, I think, well, let's end with this. I don't know how much time we have, but this is craziness to me. Because, again.
0: 10, 10, 15 minutes.
1: So, you know, you could say, and I said it, right? There's donuts. There's (laughs) um, chips at a Mexican restaurant. Are going to have, try to go to the store inside the middle of the grocery store and find something that doesn't have vegetable oil in it. And go to the health food store and find something. You're going to find this stuff is, is just everywhere. Um, because again, it's cheaper, obviously, but people would be like, you know, okay, I understand that I have to do that. So I should start working on cutting out vegetable oil, but look, look at how immediate this can actually be. This is a, a research study where they actually took people. I don't know if I'm going to find it, but basically they took somebody's arm and they constricted it. And then they measured after they let go of it, I think they constricted it for a minute or something. And then when they took the constriction off, they measured the vasodilation. So your arteries constrict, you l- l- relieve that, and now your arteries open up, mm-hmm. right? So why blood supply can actually get there. What they found is that when they do that, the proper opening of the artery happens with people um, in a control group. When they compared with those people that just ate french fries, nothing happens to the arteries stays closed down stays closed down there's no vasodilation so then she kind of did her own kind of basically um, anecdotal study she always gets a call when her patients because he's a medical doctor general practitioner she always gets a a call when her patients go to the hospital have an emergency room visit Uh so every I don't know how long she did it for a few years but every one of her patients that had a heart attack she asked them what was your meal before the heart attack and it had something to do with vegetable oil. <laughs> so it, there was a correlation between eating vegetable oil and then having to exert yourself where you would need artery vasodilation. Yeah. Now I exert myself and my arteries can't open up. I don't have the blood supply to get there. It closes off, and now I have a cardiovascular event. So that could be stroke. That could be heart attack. Dude. That could be all those things. So, again, that's just <laughs> that's every time we eat something like that. And then, you know, so... I'm not saying people are going to eat French fries and then they're going to the gym, but let's say you eat French fries and then your daughter runs out to the street. You have to run to grab your daughter to save her from running out to the street. That's exerting yourself. There's Potential for something like that to happen.
0: And like, there's a difference between like the damage that has already occurred prior to this acute event Mm -hmm. happening to that person compared to, like a healthy person, thriving human. Right. This small event, like that 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 damage is going to be far less severe.
1: Right. Yeah. Right.
0: So talking so about not, that same thing, she, it's not like be careful. Yeah. You touch vegetable oil and you go run across the street, you're going to die. Of course. Of course.
1: But again, if that's been how you've been living, right. You know, as you're making that change. And again, what We're not trying to scare somebody out of doing something. You know, that's not the proper motivation, but I think that's something that people should be aware of how serious this actually, actually is. Right. Like,
0: yeah, I, yeah, we obviously don't want to be fear mongers. Like the USA Today? Yeah. Okay. The, the, like the other side of it is like, (laughs) there, like there is real fear there. Mm -hmm. Nobody, nobody wants to die. So the other side of it is living without that fear, living, like, with a clear mind and a clear conscience without, like, the guilt of what you're eating and stuff. Like, that's what we want to promote.
1: Right. Right. Absolutely.
0: Cool. Well,
1: I don't think I got anything else. I think that was probably enough for people to swallow.
0: Well, yeah, it is. But how about some application?
1: Okay. So. Only (laughs) eat donuts.
0: That's the only thing you should eat. (laughs) How do we limit vegetable oils? How do we increase, well, maybe that's like, maybe that's part of it, increasing something like a, a coconut oil? Yeah. Um,
1: the best way to limit vegetable oils is, number one, I would stay, so minimize the amount of times that you're eating out. Yeah, so it's pretty much necessary. impossible to avoid eating vegetable oils if you're eating out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, unless, you're so cook, unless
0: you're going to a raw restaurant. Yeah, unless you're going yeah. to
1: something that's paying attention to that. But you can, like even if you're going to um a restaurant that's gonna cook in a vegetable oil, I mean y- you just can ask the waiter, hey can you cook my food and butter instead of whatever you're cooking in soy oil, something like that. Have you done that? I haven't done that. <laughs> um but that's something you could ask. I could work. You could even ask for extra butter, put it on. Try Some that. people do. Um so yeah. Minimizing that as much as possible, but then also, again, just turning around food labels. What does this actually have mm-hmm. in it? So if you're a big chip eater, then moving to something that's cooked um, in a coconut oil, and an avocado oil, something like that, that's not going to be as bad as some cooked in a corn oil or cottonseed oil or canola oil, all of those different things. Um, when, you're, when you are actually cooking, never cooking in a vegetable oil, never right. cooking in a soy oil, um, but even because so we talked about these polyunsaturated fatty acids kind of the next step above that is monounsaturated so poly obviously is many. mono is one so an olive oil is a mostly monounsaturated fat so it's not it's more stable than a polyunsaturated fat but it's also less stable than a saturated fat so when you're cooking it at high heats it's going to do the same exact thing yeah that's also why they typically somebody who knows what they're doing puts olive oil in a dark bottle if you put it in a clear bottle light Mm -hmm. can hit it and the same thing Mm -hmm. happens to it yep so if you're going to cook with olive oil, cooking at very, very low heat, and so you're going to prevent oxidation. Um, so if you are eating chips with olive oil, most likely that means they were fried in that olive oil. Super and, hot. And, and it's, yeah, become a bad oil. That's why we always recommend cooking in something that is a saturated fat. Preferably coconut oil is what we typically cook in, or a ghee, you can cook in that, butter, um, or an animal fat.
0: I was just going to say, yeah, what about like a lard?
1: Yeah, so a lard, um, bacon fat, mm-hmm. um, tallow, beef fat, um, those things are going to be stable. But, again, you just have to make sure they're coming from the right animal. of there's Because fat, the toxins have an affinity for fat, so you might be cooking with a lot of toxins there.
0: So if it's a animal that was, you know, vaccinated and given antibiotics and... Girl with hormones and all right. kinds of stuff.
1: And one of the things we didn't talk about with these, uh, so it's not that omega-6s are bad for you. Omega-6s are an essential fatty acid, mm-hmm. meaning we need those in our diet. So, But we also need the proper ratio of omega-6s to omega-3s. And when they've studied history, these people that we always talk about that ate the right diet, the foods they were eating was a one-to-one at the most four-to-one ratio of omega-6s to omega-3s. When they study our diet, it's anywhere from 10 to 1 for people that are healthy to 50 to 1 for people that don't care about their health. So they have high levels of omega-6s to omega-3s, and just the process that it takes to break those down leads to inflammation. So where they show omega-3s can be anti-inflammatory, omega-6s are pro-inflammatory. So minimizing the amount of omega-6s through the proper animal product. So, like, if you're cooking in something that not only has to have all those toxins in it, it's also eating something like a corn or a a grain, not grass. Sure. Then it's omega-6 to omega-3 fatty acid ratio is going to be thrown off. And, again, therefore, it's going to cause inflammation instead of being anti-inflammatory. So we hit on less eating out, cooking in the right oil, and what was the other one you said? Looking at packages to look Mm -hmm. for to see... Um, so salad dressings is the main one. Make your own salad dressing, of course, if you're doing chips, minimizing the amount of chips you're eating or finding chips that are c- potentially cooked in a in a good oil yep um Can you think of anything else?
0: um not necessarily so like the the olive oil thing, so with like the salad dressings like that's a great place for olive oil, you know rather than. Oh, yeah, how to get
1: olive oil in your diet? Yeah, because
0: olive oil is great. Sure. But, like, yeah, coconut oil is the main thing we cook with, but we always have olive oil around for other purposes. And, like, those salad dressings are a good one. So, like, I mean, way applicable. Olive oil, some apple cider vinegar, throw some spices in there. That's a phenomenal salad dressing.
1: It's actually a good point to reference another study they did um, because the whole thing about fat is – people think fat makes you fat well it doesn't it's your inability to burn fat that makes you fat yeah but olive oil they did a study where they took a group of people and they just did their typical they were already eating a mediterranean diet which is high in olive oil and then they added a liter of olive oil a week to their diet a liter and then a group of people that didn't do that and were staying away from um these good fats yeah and these people maintain their body composition and <sighs> these people gained weight so again fat doesn't make you fat if you're eating the right stuff but bad fats not only make you fat, but it'll also kill you eventually.
0: Yeah. A liter of olive oil.
1: A week, over a week.
0: Ah, that's true, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah, mind that's not crazy.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think of other ways that people get vegetable oils it's though. in the diet. <laughs> um, mainly again, eating out and in, in packaged foods mm-hmm. and stuff is is full of it. Um, and like I said about the sugar, how do you minimize sugar? Well. Typically, what sh- is high in sugars also has vegetable oils in it. So it's not like you have to take 10 foods off of your list because they have vegetable oil in it and another 10 foods off your list because they have sugar in it. It's most likely going to be th- those same things sure. that have both of them, Sure. both of them in there. So, yeah, I guess that's the practical information for today. Sweet. That's Other good. than that, spoon in coconut oil.
0: <laughs> or just put it in your coffee. That'll or be just put it in your coffee. <laughs> easier. All right. Um, We'll we'll try to schedule Lynn for next week. Lynn for next week, or what our hope is, is to try to start
1: interviewing other people other than us so they can tell you similar things. So we're (laughs) going to try to interview farmers (laughs) that are raising animals the right way, raising vegetables the right way. We're going to um, maybe try to get some of the good restaurants around here, interview owners, um, some of the health food stores, interview those people if we can. Look forward to that.
0: Cool. Thank you for listening. Hope watching. See ya.